Welcome to another bonus edition of the Splash Cast. I'm your co-host, Reggie. I'm your boy, Norwood. And we have two guests with us today. We give them a lot of flack on the podcast. We have the infamous Worthy and Nick Bottles. That's Nick clapping. They are lifelong Knicks fans. So it's only right that we give them a chance to defend why the Knicks are good, why the Knicks will win, as, as we defend the Hawks. Nah, nah. I, w- I want them to introduce themselves and, and tell us a little bit about their love and hate affair with being a Knicks fan, very similar to the struggles of being a Hawks fan. Well, Chris and Reggie, thank you for allowing myself and brother Nick to be on the pod with you today. Um, just in the words of what we've been saying all season, we here. We here. Big 15, baby. We here. And so it gets off again. I'm worthy. Just let's see, how did I become a Knicks fan? People always ask that question because I'm from Alabama. And it's always wonder how does the guy from Alabama become a Knicks fan? Like, how does that even occur? So, uh, long story short, which still may be kind of long. Um, so growing up in the 90s, of course, everybody was a Michael Jordan fan because everybody loves the Bulls and everybody loves winners, right? So, of course, everybody's a Michael Jordan fan, everybody loves the Bulls. Oh my God, Michael Jordan, oh my God, the Bulls, three P this, three P that. And so this is this was like doing the first the first three-peat run. I'm like, all right, man. Everybody everybody's a Bulls fan. Everybody's a Michael Jordan fan. Like, I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to be different. Like, who hates the Bulls? Like, who are they who are their rivals? Like, who gives them who plays them pretty well? That's how I ended up running to the Knicks, John Starks, Patrick Ewing, Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, Greg Anthony. I mean, Pat Ewing. We out here. And so I automatically picked those guys. Little did I know, little did I know. That after 1999, things will go terribly south. Nonetheless, I believe if you're a fan of your team, you're a fan of your team no matter what. Through the good, the bad, the ugly, and the ugliest. So, how many years later, we here, say what you want. Julius Randle for MVP. F everybody else. We out here. All right, Nick, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself and, the, and the, how you became a lifelong Knicks fan. Is it Sunday yet? Is it Sunday yet? Let's count down the days till Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, big shout out to the Splashcast. Amazing pod. Thank you for bringing me on. Love to be a guest. I can't wait for the Knicks to choke out like Latrell Spearwell in 99 on the Knicks. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's go Knicks. Let's go Knicks. Lifelong Knicks fan. Born in Harlem to one of the best people ever, my mother. And she's a lifelong Knicks fan. She saw them. And Knicks mom. She saw them win a championship. I don't know what that's like. You know what she told me? She said that when the Knicks won, the last time they won a championship, that my grandfather was so excited he jumped over a table. What? I want that in my life. I couldn't wait to be a Knicks fan. 1986, the year I was born, and 1986, the year I became a fan. Let's get it. So essentially, Worthy made a poor life decision and ended up a Knicks fan. Nick was born into this poor life decision. So last Mm. time I checked, just hear me out. 
the Hawks are good for what? How many championships they have? <laughs> so no. First off, no. First off, y'all not gonna be able to use that those excuses when I make those same excuses for the Georgia Bulldogs. I was I about to say, bro. I don't, I don't want to hear. I don't, it. You I don't, can't I don't, use those excuses. I don't. I don't say anything about the 1980 championship. That's all. That's all. No wood. That's, that's a you wait, know what I was waiting on that point. That's a you know. That's a waiting on that point. It's null and void. That's it's a you and Norwood conversation about that. I can't tie with that. I'm just saying. You said I, that's you and Norwood conversation. I, Mike, you don't remember the, oh, I've seen this many championships in my lifetime. That's your go-to joke. <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, moving on, the first thing we're going to talk about is I want you guys to tell me why the Hawks lose. Mike, tell me tell me why the Hawks lose. Not tough enough. Mm. Like I think when it comes to the when it comes to the playoffs, the intensity goes up another level, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's an intensity that we the Knicks have played with the whole season. I know the times that we played y'all, we've had to bully up on y'all because our offense isn't the great, but that defense is tough. And so I think the thing about the Hawks is that y'all are y'all got offense, y'all finesse for days, but I think when it comes down to toughness, I think mm-hmm. y'all don't necessarily have that per se. I will say your defense has improved. That definitely Nate McMillan has done a great job with you all's defense and improving that. Do y'all have enough defense? We'll see. We'll see because definitely when y'all played the Wizards, y'all played the Pacers, they were putting up numbers on that behind. So I think that's when we talk about toughness and consistent defense over the course of a series will be the two things I think could potentially cause you all to lose. All right, Nick. Same question to you. Why do the Hawks lose? All right. So this year, the fourth seed Knicks, just on a statistical level, the Knicks are 3-0 against the Hawks um, in the regular season. I know that doesn't matter because the Hawks at, you know, some midseason with the coaching change became a much better team, very impressive and everything like that. I think the Knicks perimeter defense will stop Trey Young from going crazy. I think just the toughness of the Knicks, you know, our transition defense, our rotations have been pretty efficient, especially for the Knicks all season on the defensive side. Julius Randle, you know, if Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry, I think he'd be a great candidate for MVP of the NBA. He's the most viable player on the Knicks. He led his team to, we went from the 13th seed, I believe it was last year, a 12th seed to a 4th seed. Amazing turnaround efficiency. And then additionally, the Knicks, I think their top five shooters are all shooting above 41% from three. That's an outstanding stat. Smart shots. So, Norwood, I'm going to go to you. Why do, the, why do the Knicks lose this? The Knicks lose because they're the New York Julius Randles. They are a one-man show. Everybody else is just singing and dancing in the background. He's tough, and I will give him credit. He is a very good player. Mm-hmm. But you can't beat a full team by yourself. They don't have the offensive firepower to come anywhere close to keeping up with the Hawks. And like their defense is going to be good, but you guys have played a full season. Julius has played the most minutes, I think, in the NBA. I know RJ is right up there in the same vicinity. And you're about to have to play a 10-man squad. And I don't, I, I don't think that they have the firepower to keep up, and I don't think they're going to have the endurance to keep up. So, Reggie, what do you think? I agree. I agree for most of it. I, I, 
I don't know if they don't have the offensive firepower to keep up. Their shooting has been otherworldly this year. But I think the Knicks lose because they, for the most part, I, I was looking it up. You guys never played our full starting five. Um, Bogey got hurt, I think, against y'all in the first game. The second game, or Hunter got hurt. I think Bogey got we didn't play the second game. And Trey had 20 and 14, and we were up by 12 in 30 minutes. He gets hurt. We lose in overtime. So every game, I will say that y'all haven't played a full team. And I think, what does that mean? That means our depth play a lot more, play a bigger role than any than it did in the regular season. Everybody knows Tibbs plays, y'all, 30. I think Julius Rook plays like 36 minutes a game, 38 minutes a game. RJ plays 36, something like that. I think that's going to come back to bite y'all. I think fatigue will come in, and I think depth for the Hawks will win will be the reason that the that the Knicks lose. So now we've talked about each other, about the other team. Tell me why your team wins, Mike. Why did the Knicks win the series? Because we're the Big 15. It's interesting that you say we're the New York Julius Randles. That's fair. Julius Randle has been our engine for the season. But what we fail to realize is like over the, especially the latter part of the season, the three points, the three point shooting has been outstanding when you talk mm-hmm. about yeah. five players who are shooting over 40 percent and all five of these players are on the floor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you go into the fact that rj actually i going back to what nick said about our perimeter defense i think an x factor for this series is actually going to be a guy who nick's fans we love to hate him and we hate to love him frank nilakina that man right there on perimeter defense is a beast. And I think he will be our weapon X for this series. And we will put him on Trey and he will stifle Trey. Because Trey is not going to get them same foul calls that he'll get in the regular season. It's the playoff ball. That flopping ain't finna fly. So he's he going to he gonna have to get to shooting. He's going to have to get creative. He's going he gonna to have to start shooting from half court again because the, the defense is going to be something different. So that part is very important when you're talking about the playoffs, where you can buckle down and clamp down on the team, where if you're down to the last possession, that we can stop you on your last possession, that we can at least, excuse me, <clears throat> cause a turnover to get the ball back if we need to score. Or it, it, at the very least, it's going to be a tough shot, and you're going to have to make a miracle shot to win. And then the engine, Julius Randle. I don't mind being a Julius Randle. That's our leader. That's our guy. That's our guy. But when I talk about Alex Burke, when I talk about Reggie Bullock, when I talk about R.J. Baird, when I talk about Derrick Rose. Who? Oh, you know who Derrick Rose is. I bet you wish you had him as a backup point guard. Who? I know you wish him Reggie Or You know you'd rather have him than Dunn and whoever else plays our backup point guard. Better. What, what, wait. Be- you, be- better what? than, better I, than I, would, I would much rather have Lou Williams. Kendrick. Kendrick. No, no, no. Lou, Lou, ain't no Lou ain't no point guard. You know Lou ain't no point guard. Lou, oh. is, a, Lou is a shooting guard. So okay. Is so is Derek. So is Derek. So is Derek. No, so Derek, Derek. Derek's a point guard. Emmanuel quickly, you know what I'm saying, need to be in the first team rookies, man. They need to show my boy some love. Ooh. <laughs> so I, this, this, is, part, this podcast sounds like it's hosted yeah, by the World Health this, Organization. This, this, I this, keep this, saying. This is what Norwood does. And it, this is what Norwood does. So, because again, when we did play y'all, y'all actually did have a full squad except for the last game we played y'all. Mm-mm. And I, well, and we I didn't play it in the second game. So, your star line. Matter of fact, played, it was totally. So, the, so, so, here we go. So, the star line when we played y'all the second game in February, second mm-hmm. game in February, your star line was Trey Young, mm-hmm. Herder, mm-hmm. Capella, 
Cam Reddish, Collins. I'll give you DeAndre Hunter. Cam Reddish? Yeah, surprisingly, he was playing basketball, right? <laughs> ain't, ain't played since then. That's not our starter. He might be the level man on the bench, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and yeah. that's the case, too, for us. Mitchell Robinson didn't play, so we didn't have a starter either. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, will Mitchell Robinson be making an appearance on the floor on Sunday or no? Probably not. I doubt it. Oh, all right. I doubt it. I mean, but so, you got DeAndre Hunter back, right? I mean, we, we ain't been playing. We ain't been playing with Mitchell Robinson the whole season. We used to that, man. We got Nerlens Brickwall no well, man. The only person in the lead to get two blocks and one steal for the season. I want somebody to come meet my boy Nerlens in the hole. Come try. I see a baptismal in his future. So, Nick, same question. Why did the Knicks win? The New York Knickerbockers against the Atlanta Hawks this season are shooting 51.7% from the floor. From three-point, we're shooting 47.8. We were averaging three games, 124 points against y'all. The team that doesn't score points was scoring points against y'all bums. Whether they were starters, whether they were bench players, they were all bums. But the biggest reason why the New York Knickerbockers will win this series is MSG. 13,000 in the arena, baby. Has ceased to exist in New York for the next 10 days while the Knicks play the Hawks. And that energy in the mecca of basketball is coming back. The excitement, the flair, the defense. Imagine Mitchell Robinson. Defense. That they hit different with is an MSG. That defense shall hit different in MSG. Exactly. Shout out to MSG. Defense. Uh, all right. So that's and please they, they, they're pretty confident. As as long as y'all don't come in here with the excuses talking about injuries. I don't want to hear nothing else about injuries because that's all y'all love to talk about with the Hawks. Uh, I just want I just want to throw that out there. All right, Norwood. Tell me why the Hawks. And for y'all team to be so deep on the bench, I'll still come right. with another right. offensive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, we, 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 the, we the deeper team, but we can't. I'm, uh, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Please, please have several seats so we can get to the team that matters. First of all, the first thing that I want to let you know is we're not afraid of MSG. They said the MSG could be in Chinese food, and it was all right. I ain't worried about MSG when it comes to the Knicks. I want y'all to understand that. I ain't afraid of no that MSG. Good. That was good. That was good. That was Number good. one. Number two, we, ha- we have a firing squad. A firing squad. Frankie Nichols ain't, can't hold Trey's gym shoes. He is going to get physically and verbally assaulted for 45 minutes Four games in a row. Like, I, 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 I feel bad for the poor kid. And, and let's be honest, y'all don't even like Frankie Nichols. He borderline by to get traded. And I don't think either one of y'all see him coming back next year. So so let's not hype up a man who you guys have zero faith in. R.J. Barrett. That's a needle for the playoffs, baby. It, <laughs> see? That lets you know how much they care about you, Frankie Nichols. You're going you, you to be playing for somebody else next year, brother. So don't get too comfortable. And get comfortable uh, with this season. That's all that matters. For these mm. next for these next three games, four games, <laughs> then you're gonna be out of there. Uh RJ Barrett, you're gonna have a tough time with Bogey. I hate to tell you, you're about to go for the ride of your life. For anybody who has the guard, baby Kawhi, and he is he has come back at the right time. 
and he is the guy who can literally do it all. He can lock up on defense. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. He can pass. Mm-hmm. Y'all, don't, y'all don't have an answer for that guy. John Collins, I just need you to strap up your sneakers and just <laughs> go along for the ride, man. Just, just put on your seatbelt. Yeah, just don't let Julius destroy you. I do think that we will probably put – we'll probably throw some solo on him. We're probably going to throw some uh, – Snail, D- T-Snail? Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Somebody. 50-50-100, Tony Snell going to get out there and get some buckets. We're going to have DeAndre Hunter on Julius. And I think Clint Capella, arguably defensive player of the year, is going to have to guard him a little bit. Hmm. And overall, you guys just hmm. don't don't have enough for that. And then we still got the bench. You still got Lemon Pepper off the bench, hot wings. You got Red Velvet, ready. And you got Old Man Gallo, who can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Now, he can't move. He's a stationary object. But from anywhere on the floor, he is going to torture you guys. And you guys just don't have an answer. And let's be real. We've been saying this the whole season. You guys know it to be true. I know it to be true. Nick's go Nick. And when that happens... Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you could see these guys' faces right now. <laughs> I mean, y'all heard the last podcast. It's certain things that y'all know just as a Nick fan are predetermined. Nick's going to Nick. James Dolan going to do some some foolishness. And then y'all, I mean, y'all will y'all reassess at the end of the season. And for some reason, and for some reason, I honestly think that Julius will end up playing for another team in free agency. You guys will just do the wrong thing. This will be an implosion, <laughs> and it, it'll be an utter it'll be an utter meltdown. And then we'll be back here next year, um, and you guys will be the the the, the twenty seven seed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. How dare you? No dare you bring up James Dolan on this pod. No, no. How dare you? No wood in mid-season form. I saw the spike dig do the wrong uh, thing. I see what you did there. You in mid-season form, too. All right, well, keeping us back on track, man. I got to get it there and say why well, I think the Hawks will win. <laughs> so, one, you said that y'all got MSG. Our team, and especially Trey, plays better on the road. He scores more points, has more assists on the road than he does at home. But the reason that we win is because of the growth of our back line, especially Okungwu and Kevin Werder. Okungwu and Kevin Werder, in the games we played, y'all, we, we stuck with your top, with your bench. I mean, I'm sorry, we stuck with your starters. Where we lost the game is when Taj Gibson would come in in 10, 12 minutes and have like five, bu- had three buckets, four rebounds, two blocks, and caused three fouls. Like, it was the little intangibles from your bench that bothered us. When it comes to R.J. Barrett, I don't think R.J. Barrett is going to guard Bogey at all. I think R.J. Barrett is going to guard uh, DeAndre Hunter, and they're going to put Bullock on Bogey. I don't. I don't think they're going to put. They. They would. That would be detrimental, and I don't see that happening. Tibbs doing that. With that being said, I think the Hawks' depth will end up playing a big role in this series. If we can extend it to six or seven games, I think you guys will eventually run out of steam. And our depth will end up keeping us in the game. We'll keep our starters minutes low as well as we'll play, throw a multitude of bodies at y'all. So I think our depth will eventually, it eventually win us the series. I think our bench is more potent. I think we're between Lou Williams, Gallo, and Werder. 
I think our bench is more potent, and I, I don't think y'all can hang with us. If we extend the series, if y'all go up 3-1, 4-0, sweep, you know, if y'all if y'all sweep us or get us out of there 4-1, it, that's the only way I think that y'all win. If it goes 6 or 7, I don't think y'all win. Just know if we sweep y'all, I ain't going to even bother you, Reggie. I'm going <laughs> to talk to that guy that's that's below me. On my um on my screen right now on my computer. Oh, my phone will be on, brother. My phone stay on. Stay on. I'm ready. Oh, look, 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 as long as you ain't running, don't run from me. All right. Nah, but, but when them Julius Randles get taken on out of there, I... oh, that's fine. You know where to find me too. I don't ever look. Man. You know, same here. That's one. Nah. That's one thing. I take my wins and I take you. Back. Might, you you might be back in Fairfield where the field ain't fair. All right, fellas. So the next one is I want to know who everybody thinks is going to have an either be the X factor or an unexpected breakout performance. Go ahead, Nick. No, I was going to go with RJ Barrett. I've been thinking about it all day, but I'm going to go with quickly. I think quickly. Why? Yeah, I'm going quickly. I think just his athleticism, his intelligence, his toughness, and he's just matured throughout throughout the whole season. I think the fans give him another level of energy that he didn't experience, you know, throughout the year. And I think he comes in strong, hungry, just plays above his means, just outperforms his contract. Fair, fair. Same question to you, Mike. Um, I, I like what Nick said about quickly. I think another thing with quickly too, is that, you know, Lewis is Lewis is idol. So to be playing in a series against, against your idol, I can see him, even want to take it up another notch, knowing that the person that he models his game after is playing on the other side of the court with him. And so I'm going to go a different route. I'm, and I'm basing this based off of rumblings I've been hearing. I doubt Tibbs does it, but I'm going to say Frank. And the reason I say Frank, because there has been a question about Efford Payton at the starting point. So for the most part, towards the end of the season, he'll start Elford. But their roles practically plays the whole game. And it's one thing to do that in the regular season, but like now we're in the playoffs. And it's like, okay, you got Trey Young does have difficulty with bigger bodies. And mm-hmm. Frank plays better defense mm-hmm. than Elfrey. Because that boy Frank, he has he has length. His arms, he has long arms. He he plays the passing lanes well. He'll he'll mess around and block a shot on you if he feels like it. And surprising stat. This even shocked me. He's shooting 47% from three this season. Watching some of the games at the end of the stretch this season, he's been money from that corner three. So they decided to bring Frank in at the starting point. Frank going be that guy to be a difference maker in this series. So those are all great points. Norwood, tell me who gives the Hawks their unexpected breakout performance in your opinion? Danilo Gallinari. Mm. old man gallo he's prepared he's ready for the moment i don't mm-hmm. think much is really gonna get him you know super excited about any of this and he's gonna be playing against the second stringers and i think that he's a guy on offense who is who's a starter level like just scoring his starter level and i feel like whoever has to guard him who i don't even know is who the knicks backup for is probably gonna be taj gibson is not going to stand a chance. I think Gallo is going to get hot. I think he's going to stay hot. And I think he is going to torture somebody from that perimeter. What you think? I, I like it. I do agree that if anybody that 
primed for a playoff breakout is definitely Danilo Gallinari. I'm going to go with someone that I constantly believe in. I criticize like he's my own child because you want him to be well. And he has so much potential. I'm going to go with Red Velvet, man. I'm going to go with Kevin Werder. Kevin Werder is the one person on this line in this lineup that he can fill in any spot. He knows his role coming off the bench. He knows his role starting because he's had to play both roles. And he's the one that whichever lineup he comes in with, he creates the mismatch because he's the ball handler at six foot eight. And that he allows you and what Nate has done is play Trey off the ball more. If you notice, Trey doesn't shoot those bombs anymore because he's off the ball. So we give the ball to Bogey, but most of the time we'll give it to Werder. That's what Cam was supposed to do, but Cam got hurt, and Werder has filled that role. Werder has a sneaky good low – I wouldn't say low post game, but he's sneaky good around the rim making shots. He's he's very good with his little six-foot half fadeaway, and he's really good around with around the rim with both hands to make layups. So I think Werder will be the X factor offensively and defensively. He leads our team in steals. So he plays the passing lanes very, very well, and he can guard pretty much the one and the two, and DeAndre can guard the two and the three, well, the one through the three. So I think he uh, he gives us wing defense as well. So I'm going to go with Werder as our X factor. What should we go to next? Or should we go to Coach of the Year? Or should we go to series? I think we should go to series predictions first. What do you think? We'll let the visitors decide. What y'all, how y'all want to lose here, man? Pick your poison. I'm going to start it off with serious prediction. Let me just go ahead and run right into Knicks <laughs> in six. Atlanta's mm. a tough team. One thing I will not do is disrespect the Atlanta Hawks. Great offensive basketball. Very mm-hmm. impressive this season. Mm-hmm. Clint Capella, difference maker. Huge difference maker. But the Knicks are just too tough, too gritty, too scrappy. I think this the if the Knicks can... When the Knicks keep it to a low-scoring game for six games, it's going to be tough. Trey's not going to get hot every night, but the Knicks will. Team <laughs> basketball. Knicks and six is what Nick, Nick Mitchell, Nick Bottles is saying. Worthy, give me your serious prediction. Worthy I would like to be disrespectful. <laughs> so there is a part of me that wants to be disrespectful because it's just, it's just fun. However... Realistically speaking, I'm going to say Knicks and six because to Nick's point, um, the Hawks are a tough team. Nate McMillan is a great coach. And Nate McMillan is a playoff experience coach along with our coach, Tom Thibodeau. So I think there is a level of preparation that the Hawks will have. And I think these games are going to be close. It's the playoffs is like that. I think, but to piggyback off of Nick, I think there's a certain level of grit there's a certain there's a certain level of belief that this team has in itself mm-hmm. that for, if you look at where we started like what people how what pe- people didn't the conversation about the Knicks were what were they going to do in free agency next season because for them they weren't even supposed to be relevant this season so in all honesty the only people who believed in themselves were truly the people in that locker room so i'm gonna say Knicks and six Norwood, well, give me a serious prediction, man. Man, I don't want to hear none of this love and basketball kumbaya trash. Hawks in six. Y'all keep sleeping on our defense. Y'all not understanding that we have our best defensive player back in DeAndre Hunter, 
We have a Kung Wu off the bench who is now a formidable defender. And we have a defensive player of the year candidate. So all that defensive talk that these people have been saying is just erroneous. We're going to destroy these guys. I will say that the MSG possibly could present a problem. Possibly. With that said, I know I John, John Collins understands his money is on the line. And I know that. Yeah, well, fair enough. And I also understand that Trey is going to get out. This is be his first time on the playoff national stage, and he is going to try his best to embarrass somebody. And unfortunately, the Knicks are against him. So with that said, Hawks and six, baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do lead the league in defense when it comes to field goal percentage, too, just to throw that out there. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not wishing y'all shit. I'm not wishing y'all good luck. I'm not wishing y'all good fortune. I'm not wishing that y'all don't get hurt. Hawks win in five, four, one. Y'all win game three, and that's it. Yes, sir. Now we talking, boys. Gentlemen, sweet. Don't four stay one. too long. Gentlemen, sweet. Gentlemen, sweet. sweet. But to keep it on track, to keep it on track, since we've done the predictions, who's your series MVP? Nick, who's your series MVP? Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the series MVP. My man. Broadway Barrett, ladies and gentlemen, also known as the Maple Mamba. Let's get it. Same question to you, Mike. Same question to you. Who is the series MVP for the Knicks? Oh man, our engine, our leader. You know what I'm saying? The one who put the one who put this franchise on his back, man, Julius Randle. I mean, he's the only one out here with only what one of like five or six players ever in NBA history average 2010 and five. I mean, ain't too many people out here doing that. But, you know, I'm going to go my MVP. is going to be who's gonna, the guy who should be the most improved player of the year because he's not going to get MVP because it's a guy named Steph Curry. But we're going with Julius. Hey, that man, Julius. Let's get it. Step check. Same question to you, Norwood. Who is the series MVP for the Hawks? Series MVP. First of all, you all know y'all are supposed to pick the New York Julius Randles. It ain't but one person on y'all team. He the MVP. <laughs> He the coach, he the trainer, he the GM, he probably clean up MSG. He does everything. So definitely Julius Randle for, for the Knicks. But <laughs> the real MVP for the team that's going to win this series, the Serbian sniper himself, Bogdan Bogdanovic. He is going to go crazy. And there's not going to be any answer because everybody, they're going to try to double Trey. They're going to try to watch Trey. And Bogey is going to torture somebody for 48 minutes. And it's nothing that y'all are going to have an answer for. You're just going to watch and you're going to look and you're going to, your confusion is going to be so high because you're going to be like, why would the Sacramento Kings let this man walk for absolutely nothing? And you're going to sit there in astonishment as he puts on a three-point barrage. Hmm. So you're going with Bogey. Oh man, Serbian sniper all day and twice on Sunday. Serbian sniper. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I would go with double C, Clint Capella. I think Clint Capella is going to eat the Knicks front court for lunch. I think Nerlens Noel, while he is very good, top fifth, what, top 10 defensive center in the league, I don't think he can handle Capella. I think he will try his best. He will have his moments. But I think Capella is going to average 15 points, 16 rebounds this series. Easily. I think it could go up to 17 and 16. 
I think he is the one that will be the series MVP and he's the one that will help get us to the second round. Well, we've talked about why the Hawks will win, why the Knicks will win, why the Hawks will lose, why the Knicks will lose, series predictions, series MVP. I want you guys to give me the case for why Tibbs is coach of the year. Let's start with Mike. So we all know at the beginning of this season, the Knicks were predicted to win no more than 22 games. 22. If you were looking at the nice website, some place gave us 21. There were people predicting that we will be either last or next to last in the Eastern Conference. We were talking lottery again. That's what the conversation was at the end of the year. Hell, you talk to Knicks fans. We was wondering, okay, Obi Toppin's going to be coming in and taking Julius Randle's place. We was just figuring out how we just going to get the young boys together and try to figure out what next year is going to look like. Then Tom Thibodeau becomes a head coach. What you begin to see is that coaching matters. That you can take, if you you can have any collection of players, but if you got the right coach, they know how to bring that team together and make them do something. And we went from being predicted to winning 22 games and at the bottom of the cellar in the Eastern Conference, if not the league, to now being a four seed with home court advantage. Again, that nobody in the preseason predicted that we would be there, especially with the roster that was built. And then even when we brought in Derrick Rose again, everybody saying this is not the same Derrick Rose. You know, Tom Tillman ran his knees in the ground. He ain't got the same verses. This Derrick Rose. We don't want Derrick Rose until Derrick Rose started looking like Derrick Rose from 2011. So with that being said, Tibbs has done one of the most miraculous turnarounds in NBA history. You know, Monty Williams, hey, we can't deny what he did in Phoenix. Great job. Mm. But if that wasn't the case, Tom Thibodeau would definitely be your coach of the year, especially when you coach a team for the whole season. The whole season. Gunshot. Pew, 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 pew. The whole season. All right, Nick. Mike, appreciate it. Nick, give me why Tibbs is coach of the season. Coach of the year. Tom. I run my players into the ground, Thibodeau. <laughs> I want to say on the Splash cast, I love you. The Knicks are a four seed. The Knicks are a four seed. Ladies and gentlemen, the Knicks are a four seed. One seed higher than the Atlanta Hawks. This magical team that came out of nowhere, predicted to win all these games. But you know who the real MVP is? Scott Perry, because he hired Tom Thibodeau. Give it up for Scott Perry. Give it up for Tom Thibodeau. And give it up for both of them, as stated previously, for locking James. I hate everyone. I'm stupid Dolan somewhere in MSG in a closet so you can stop talking, stop kicking out Nick players, and let Thibodeau do his freaking job. Let's go to New York and Knickerbockers. So, Reggie, I want to hear you. Why you think Captain Nate of the Nate Hawks is the coach of the year? So, Mike already tried to throw these shots at us, talking about coaching the whole year, coaching the whole year. Let me give you a stat, bro. We are 28 and 11 since Nate has taken over. We went from a bottom 10 team. That means we were 23 to 33 in defense to a top five defense. We not only, he not only turned around 
our defense. He turned around our offense. He got us playing together. He incorporated all of the missing pieces that we had to come together and get us to the five seed. And, and, and we won the division. All these things that y'all got, yeah, 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 y'all pick last, yeah, 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 y'all ain't won nothing. Y'all, we won the division. So therefore, I will agree with you, Mike. It's going to go to Monty. It should go to Monty. But if I had to make an argument for Nate, that's my reasons why Nate is coach of the year. So Norwood, why is coach, Why is Nate coach of the year? I think Isaac Newton probably said it best. An object in motion stays in motion. Um, physical science, I think it's by seventh grade, you learn about inertia. When Nate took over the Hawks, we were looking not bad. We were looking awful. Our team was in disarray. The team was angry with, it, with each other. Played like everybody is injured. Literally anything that could go wrong was going wrong. And the guy who was the head coach brought him in to make him the head assistant. So he has to take over a sinking ship, turn the ship around, and makes us one of the best teams in the East. Mid-season, there's no time to recalibrate. There's no time to sit down and come up with the game plan. There's not really a whole lot of time nor money to trade, you know, to make trades or to make any, you know, roster changes. So to take us from 11th to 5th mid-season, I don't think there's a question. This, this, All of this is Nate taking over Lloyd's team and fixing it mid-stride. Now, if you've ever repaired or done anything, it's much easier to set a plan and go through it, get everything together. If somebody tells you, hey, I need you to fix it while it's running, you're going to look at them like it's crazy. And Nate did it flawlessly flawlessly so without a doubt Nate is should be coach of the year now you can make all these shots about well he didn't coach the whole season well hell if he coached the whole season y'all definitely not a four seed let's keep it a buck here so the Hawks did you a favor letting Lloyd coach the first half of the season to spot y'all a little bit of a head start so you know what y'all should be doing is sending us some type of thank you basket Hey, we appreciate what you've done for our organization, letting us get a little bit of happiness before you destroy us and take it all away and then leave us, James Dolan, to destroy it. And also, you guys won't believe it, the Braves came back and beat the the Mets at the end of the game. Go Bravos. So my point is right. The Braves win. You know what's next. This is a fantastic bonus episode. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to get on here with you guys and talk trash about how awful the New York Julius Randles are. I really appreciate you guys participating. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would like to hear you guys' closing remarks. I'm going to give you that. First off, I've never heard as many excuses in my life 14 than Norwood has for the Hawks. 14 to be so injured. They they somehow managed to make the playoffs. So kudos to the most injured team in the NBA, apparently, according to Christopher Norwood. We um, call the team the Atlanta Lieutenant Dance for a reason. That's um, also another podcast episode. Uh, I know. I checked it out, man. Matter of fact, whenever you get a chance, make sure you um, dive into the Splashcast podcast, man. Great, 
great, great content with my brothers, Reggie and Norwood. You know what I'm saying? Reggie, Reggie, you my brother, man. You, you know, you're, you're, you're a gentleman and a scholar, man. But the guy that you're partnering up with, man, this guy, something else. You know, enjoy being on here with y'all, man. You know, go Knicks as always, man. We here, Big 15. We out here. Uh, that's all I got. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a pleasure. Norwood, Reggie, thank you so much for letting me talk sense and reason it to you gentlemen about how the Knicks are going to win this series. I really appreciate you taking the time to hear these words of wisdom, words of enlightenment, and words of appreciation. The Splashcast is my new favorite podcast. So I appreciate you, beautiful gentlemen. I can't wait to come back and talk about the terrible and the lesson of the Knicks. Let me throw let me throw a plug in for my brothers, man. Make sure y'all check out the Splashcast every Tuesday. New episode drops. You know, check it out on your favorite place where you catch a podcast, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you go put in your reviews. Make sure you go put in your five stars for them. Make sure you leave a comment to celebrate these brothers for the work they're doing for Atlanta sports. Because nobody loves Atlanta sports more than these guys right here. That's no shade, fellas. That's no shade. <laughs> Subscribe, like, and comment. Also, Splashcast 12-pack playlist every Wednesday. Hot fire every time. This is our first celebrity guest podcast. Shout out to the Knicks fans. Shout out to my boy Worthy. Shout out to my boy Nick. Y'all coming out, hanging out with us and, and representing your team very well. You guys could have been anywhere else in the world. Y'all can't make it with us. Also, shout out to all the listeners. Just like they said, please like, rate, and subscribe. We're on Apple's podcast. We're on Spotify podcast, Google podcast. You can probably find us bootlegs. In the barbershop, wherever it is, please listen, tell a friend, we out of here.